Welcome to yet another episode of Shortcast Over Coffee. Uh, today we have with us a guest who needs no introduction. It's none other than film critic Bharadwaj Rangan. Welcome to the show, Bharadwaj. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I really, I've done so many of these that I really don't know that I have anything fresh to offer. But but I'm glad to talk to you. Yeah, we'll go with the flow, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bharatwaj, you are celebrating twenty years uh, as a film critic or a cinema reviewer. Uh, looking back at your career, uh, do you want to take us through your early days as a WordPress blogger way back in two thousand and three? How did it all start? No, uh, I'm okay. First of all, I'm not celebrating. It's not like I'm cutting a cake or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I I did. take note of the fact that because it's it's been 20 years and uh uh how did it begin see the thing is uh i wouldn't would not probably be talking to you had it not been for the explosion of uh the internet uh in the 2000s uh because earlier we had print and tv critics and uh they were both restricted by in terms of time slots because uh tv means you had maybe 2 3 minutes to give a review uh print means you probably had 300 400 words they give you a small column and say write a review there uh, because film was generally not not considered very important it was like anybody could go and just give a little opinion and say this is good that is good and whatever uh, so people like like me uh, we kind of were the first blog generation of critics uh, uh, so we started like like even if my print guy gave me only say 600 words i was able to write a uh, 1500 word review and condense it into 600 words for print but put the 1500 words up on the blog so suddenly you know i i i found that there were takers for this kind of reviews which i was inspired from by reading uh, american critics from the 60s and you know english critics and all that kind of stuff and i was like why don't we dwell so much on a scene that we like or or like like an emotion that we like in a film and why does it always have to be one crunchy this works this doesn't work you know like one one nutshell summary kind of thing why can't we just like like a film is like a journey that right? you start there's going to be five places you don't like along the journey there's going to be 10 places you love along the journey so why can't we talk about those five places that we like and those 10 places that we don't like instead of just talking about the end of the journey okay i reached uh, this is what it was it was an okay journey uh, it is not bad whatever i mean why i mean like so so i i thought and the blog was the perfect thing for us because uh we got the chance to kind of go on so there were still those people who wanted crisp and crunchy reviews or whatever because i one of my favorite things and i've said this many times one of my favorite uh, uh postcards that i got while i was in the hindu that the people used to still, still send postcards he said please tell bharatwaj rangan to stop writing ramayana and mahabharata and just give us a like a quick review of whether what worked and what didn't work for him it is too painful or whatever it is and there are, and that's there is an audience for that right so we can't dismiss that audience so but thanks to the internet i found that there was an audience for this as well uh that that i could go on and uh, hopefully not to indulgently but with 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 kind of a thing and there was a cinephilic audience uh that was out there that was waiting to uh like read about indian films uh the way uh western critics were writing about western films uh so i thought i thought uh, so in a way you know i like to say the same thing about uh, rahman uh, it's, it's something like sometimes you it's about being at the right place at the right time uh because you can have all these 
technological music composing ideas in your head but until liberalization happens and you have like a, a new generation you can reach across to the whole of india you you can't really like had rahman been born in the 70s his music he wouldn't be where he is today because that that was a different era right it was like tamil films are constrained to tamil music alone uh, so it's like that it's like sometimes you need to find so for for me my 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 desire to write about or my love for writing about films in at length coincided with the arrival of uh blogs and again right place right time of course some will call it destiny this that whatever but for me i like that phrase being there at the right place at the right time and uh, i i think that's what happened mm yeah interesting you bring about this point about coinciding with the uh, with the pop increasing popularity of the internet and uh, this this also reminds me of uh, one of india's biggest blog uh, biggest podcast uh, podcasters amit verma who hosts this uh, incredibly lengthy podcast called the seen and the unseen and uh, he used to be a blogger as well he, he used to blog yeah. called india uncut and right, he, right. we were all we were all at the early days of blogging we were all there together so yeah yeah he 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 told in an interview that uh, you know people have low attention spans but they don't have low attention span at all times sometimes they do have a uh, more attention span which you uh, uh, rightly put you know the cine files were were reading your blogs and they were commenting and so on and then there was another audience that wanted crisp uh, uh, and concise matter uh, tell me if i should go for this movie or not yeah and, yeah yeah and and amit also t- tells how uh, podcasting also gave him this platform where he was not constrained by a media house or you know uh, any sort of restrictions where he could express his thoughts without any um any sort of an umbrella um, uh, on top of him uh bardwaj you you were raised in a time where india probably just got uh, liberalized uh, you know a, a lot more uh, foreign language movies were uh, being screened in india and and i see that you went to uh, uh, bits pilani which is a sort of a national college if you will um did your exposure to international cinema or did your outlook change when you went to bits uh not really at bits because uh, i i always think that you know the way you're brought up has a lot to do with with the way you become uh so for me we were a trilingual household because my my grandfather was an electrical engineer and he was posted all over the north so from him and my father's younger brother uh, they were very exposed to uh like hindi culture like hindi films hindi music and stuff like that so that used to be like a big part of like home which was not very common in like when i used to go to school and talk about rafi song or a kishore song people would not have heard of them whereas i imbibed that from that and from my, my parents i got a huge exposure to uh music from before my time which was msv and kb mahadevan and all that kind of stuff and and they would and we were always a very musical family uh so like like you know we would and all art interested family i guess um Uh, so you know like like pointing out specifics about you know this song or humming along with a song or trying to say okay this song is this ragam or something like that which which kind of you know you don't even take very seriously until you realize much later that there are many people who don't grow up in households like this or who think about stuff differently like like i'm i i always say that you know when i i'm not talking about exceptionalism i'm i'm more talking about uh 
like uh, you know you, you grow up in your environment plays a big part of 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 how you are shaped eventually because i don't think you can start watching foreign films or listening to music a certain way or movie watch movies a certain way at the beyond the age of 25 or 30 because uh, it it requires like a very by the time your mind is already set in certain ways you know like so to turn it and look at it a certain way becomes a little difficult whereas earlier you while you're still being molded when all these influences come and clash um you're kind of so when we used to uh, rent vcrs to watch uh, movies uh, we used to watch english films uh, with my friends i like my friends and i would watch jaws and some other thing and this and that and all that kind of stuff we used to watch, watch godfather at home i remember watching godfather at home and like like praying that nobody walks in during that sex scene uh, you know like uh, because it was in the living room and you know all of us were gathered around the tv and and uh, there was one one person kept in watch in case somebody like 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 would sit in the chair at the corner of the corridor in case like an elder person walked in and we could pause the vcr and uh, this was not even a vcr with a remote we had to somebody would have to lead forward and press the pause button you know so it was like it, but but i'm saying that uh, uh you know there is this tamil word called peter right which is like like i don't know some people use it affectionately some people use it like peter. like a, like an insult uh so uh but i i am like like i was a peter that way like i was a peter i was probably uh, whatever the north indian equivalent of peter is whatever the south indian equivalent of peter is so like it, i was not a like a strict tamilian in that way so i think all these 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 things kind of blended in and 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 made me what i am so i really have no uh i cannot claim to have have oh wow i worked towards educating myself no i i didn't do anything it all came out of interest exposure to doordarshan uh, where they would show anything because i was like i would watch i loved cinema and i watched anything that they showed i didn't have control over what what was uh, i could uh, this was little before the 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 tv got liberalized so i had to watch what was a tv and if it was an art rt adur gopalakrishnan movie i watched that and when you're watching it at a very young age you're always trying to kind of uh, uh, you know that exposure comes in so that slowness seeps into you right right like when you're kind of a thing to this day i cannot uh, one thing i cannot do is is uh, listen to too much of hindustani music at at a stretch because that uh, that style of alap singing is is a little too slow for my taste uh, it goes on and on for an hour that vilambit and all just goes on so while i appreciate certain phrases whereas in carnatic music the alapana is much quicker uh, and uh, like like they'll say in tamil they say virvirun like like you know that that so that that so again my that's my loss because i i did not grow up exposed to uh, hindustani music and now it's it's too late to to kind of i i can enjoy the thumris and the khayals and the geets and all the kind of stuff but the actual hardcore like hindustani 3 hour concert where they do a uh, like a bilawal todi for like one and a half hours or two hours i cannot that that kind of like shakes me because i i, I don't have that exposure so i would say uh, like like it's it's all a question of your inadvertent exposure at that time today maybe it's changed because you can choose pick and choose what you want to watch uh, uh but but at that time yeah but but i'm so glad i, I grew up at a time when I, i did not have control i could not choose what i wanted to hear because that's how msv entered my system because i grew up in elera jaira so technically speaking that should be the music that that's home to me but msv is also home to me because uh i grew up at, at that overlap period and uh, i think 
that's what it is am i giving very long answers for your question no like, you should yeah. you should give long answers i think that's the whole idea of this podcast is right, to right. dive deep and i think i think you bring up a really interesting point and and it's crazy how we are all children of the system we grow up in and the exposure that we get during our early days uh, and and this reminds in me in good of, ways and bad yeah know? like absolutely. Saying, yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of something that Warren Buffett said, you know, the the time that he grew up, uh, the time that he was born, uh, probably just after the Great Depression, uh, being a white man, like white male uh, in a not so bad of an economic household, um uh, helped him get to where he is and if he was a black woman, you know, born in Alabama or somewhere, sure. he probably wouldn't have. So I think it it just the 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 house that we are born in plays such an important role uh, yeah so so whatever i am at this point is a complete accident uh of course i i later you can hone what what those interests are you can develop those skills or whatever it is i you know later i i spoke to a lot of musicians i spoke to a lot of uh, filmmakers i spoke to a lot of cinematographers to learn what is this what is that how do you do the shot how do you do that shot and all the kind of stuff but the basic interest the basic uh you know like the seed was sown so to speak right at that point and had that not happened had i been brought, brought up in a different kind of household uh you know like uh, maybe I, we would not be chatting like this maybe i'd be a a sports commentator or uh, maybe i'd be a, like a famous chef or uh, I, i don't know like like i i it depends on on whatever it is because i'm the kind of guy uh, who's very happy eating a like a paneer wrap or a sandwich or something while like looking at something else because i'm i'm not a, i'm not a big foodie i'm i'm not like 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 i i just need but there i know that lots of people who savor food like they're having an orgasm and and that's like that that i don't have that those taste buds in me i've never grown up learning to like you know that that's never been part of me because i think i was always in a hurry to watch more movies i don't know <laughs> but uh, you know the the thing is uh, my eyes were always engaged and i was not so, always never paying so much attention to what i was eating uh, because i was always looking at the tv like that or something like that so i think my my food taste is very bad so if you ask me how is this restaurant i i'd give you lousy recommendation because for me a restaurant is a place where you can go and fill your stomach whereas there'll be others who'll say oh no this is better that but like like whatever so that i think all that the you know pay, and and i also like like one fact that that i that i that i think is true is is that you are born with it like like eliraj is born with a musical dna you can't i don't think you can acquire musical dna but you can shape it by like eliraj shaped it by uh, by by composing music learning western classical music under tanraj master or whatever it is but you cannot uh, shape what is not there is my contention so i feel people like eliraj they they are all like or 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 like spielberg or whoever you want to take scorsese they are born with with the the ability to that's i think that's part of the dna and i think one day that will be discovered that that you you're born with with that with that certain uh uh, in, uh, uh what is the word uh Spark? not inside i'm looking for a word uh, no no like uh, you're born with a certain uh, instinct hmm. uh, you know like like to kind of uh, uh, uh you know to to do something like like i'm 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 like federer's born with with the tennis dna you know i don't think you can because there are many people who take up tennis and who try and try and try and they never go beyond a certain level and it's not just practice or the number of hours or something like that that can make you a competent player 
but that exceptionalism that that you see in an ilayaraja or a federer or whatever it is i think that only comes from being born with something and that's my contention it's it's i don't know if that's a scientific fact or something but i truly believe in that 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 uh that and by extension i think that that there was something in me that was that that helps me appreciate art beyond what i can understand and i think that comes from the subconscious and and yeah that's that's what it is yeah it's something that i have been uh, i have not been able to understand is uh, is someone born with a musical talent or being born in a certain household makes them a better musician um yeah it's it's definitely contentious i think you know some people like harsha bhogle uh, heavily focus on the fact that work ethic and all of that is what makes someone who they are but yeah um it, we will no, never know work ethic is very important because see i have to keep watching uh films from all over uh, not just restrict matters myself to a particular kind of film uh all that is there that not say work ethic is definitely there because a lot of people say like how do you put out so much content you know like i like like did so many videos or whatever it is it is not it's just basic time management discipline those very very basic things that a professional needs you know it's not like like i have 500 hours in a day but beyond that i feel what is my usp right that usp comes from something i can't even say is what i'm trying to say hmm. yeah yeah makes makes total sense uh bharatwaj after your uh, degree in chemical engineering you moved to the us and you moved to the us to go to college for a different completely different major i know yeah, uh, yeah what yeah. was that all about like what was your thought no, process see that well uh, see that again um see today people are much clearer about what they want to be when they are like very young like i have like people that that are 15 or 18 saying i want to be a wildlife photographer or something like that but that time india was a little different you basically had the like the big professions you could become an engineer a doctor a lawyer a, a, a whatever it is chartered accountant these were the like like you know pretty much the the things that you could become and um, the people that fell in between like me the fall between the cracks you you basically cling on to one of these streams hoping that that something would happen and this is uh, but for me so a lot of people make the peace with the fact that hey my i'm okay i'm just doing my job i'm getting a paycheck whatever it is i'm okay with it but i just kept searching and searching because there was this this thing inside me that kept saying this is not i'm not happy i'm not i'm not thing uh, whatever it is i know i know part of this sounds very ungrateful because there are many people who don't have uh, you know like like the economic means to kind of make so this does come from a from a from what i all that i'm talking about does come from a certain privilege like just like you said from warren buffett right so so but there was something inside me that said oh my god i'm not there's something not being satisfied that 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 you know there is that part of maslow's hierarchy that says that once your basic uh, needs are satisfied then the, you start the the other other needs right it's like once your food clothing shelter everything is kind of set sometimes you go after other things and uh, i just didn't know so i just kept like going i thought i wanted to write so i went to advertising mass communication this that but then i realized that was not it it was like but then the idea of combining writing and cinema is when it clicked and i got immense satisfaction from writing reviews and uh, then then the like uh, i was sending out emails with reviews to various people uh, my friends but without my knowledge they were sending it to other people and uh, one of those emails landed up at the desk of this person who was taking up uh, 
uh, her name is Sushila Ravindranath, and she was taking up the position of the editor of the New Sunday Express, and she was looking for a new cinema voice. And uh, she just read this and said, "Listen, do you want to like this thing?" I was looking for any kind of opportunity, so I just said, "Tata, bye bye to the US, came back here." Usual story. Everybody is utterly horrified, shocked, this, that, all that. What are you doing? Writing this, that, uh, because nobody knew what cinema writing was. Uh, they thought they'd only been exposed to cinema gossip writing and and all that kind of stuff. So long story short, it took a while, but well, here I am. Hmm. Wow. And and I also heard that uh, while in the US, I don't know if it was while in the US or elsewhere, um, you went to libraries to learn more about film critics and and how they used to do it at their time. Is that true? No, but I also used to subscribe to a lot of magazines, uh, like Sight and Sound, and 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 which see the thing is about the US is that all of this is very cheap. You know, here's everything you convert, you multiply by eighty or seventy or something like that. The American cinematographer, it's like, oh my god, I pay so much for the subscription. Uh, but it's part of the. It's like being a doctor; you have to keep up with whatever it is, right? So it's like you you kind of need to know. But but it's like uh, it was very easy to kind of everything was a dollar fifty, uh, like two bucks something like that. You never thought of spending fifty dollars on a book or something like that, where like because that's like spending fifty, maybe sixty rupees, fifty sixty rupees on a book. Whereas there now it's like fifty into seventy into whatever it is becomes like you know times whatever. But uh, uh, so yeah, so I I have. Like I still buy buy film books. I I used to buy all these magazines and and read like reviews end to end. Uh, the long reviews. Uh, and especially of films that I hadn't seen. Um, or films that I had seen, I would wait to watch the movie and then see if my my thoughts coincided with the reviewers' views. So yeah, so I was I was and also the, the I I was completely exposed to for the first time the concept of free public libraries and uh, where I could go and read archived uh, reviews of of various critics out there and how they saw and I and those very those libraries had older films uh, free I could just take take home because I lived in a particular district I could take home uh, go to that library in that district and take home check out uh, movies as well so I saw so many foreign films. Uh, um, you know, like uh, classic Hollywood films, you know, all those kinds of things that 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 I was uh, think. So I was kind of that really, really, really helped that, you know, get that. It was almost like getting a like a self-made degree in something, you know, because like I was studying like as if I was studying for an exam because I was like suddenly, oh, my God, all these movies and they're for free, all these books and they're for free. And I would just it, I just. It just was like the right thing that I needed at that time. So, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing, and I think you rightly summed it up. You know, uh, it was like an unofficial degree, and I don't think film, uh, being a film critic, is even taught anywhere. And I think everyone is pretty much self-made. Yeah, um, I think cinema is taught, but you you kind of a critic is something else. You know, like because, like I've often said, I don't not very fond of the word critic because it sounds like criticizing something. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, it's it's that's for better or worse. What you're really doing is 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 putting your your thought processes of a film down and and kind of analyzing what what goes on in the film visually, uh, in terms of audio and things like that. And uh, I think I think all that helped me take knowledge. You know, I I would get like I would get videos like uh, you know some cinematographer talking about how they lit up a set or you know like like what is his angle what is a 
um, you know why did they use this particular angle and see these are all very unconscious things that that suddenly became conscious for me uh, like like i knew that a low angle was kind of uh, when i saw uh, even in indian films if i saw a low angle shot and i saw a villain being there that feeling of dread would come to me but i didn't know it was called uh, there was the camera was being kept at a low angle because it was just a visual uh so but now you know like like of course now a lot more people know about these things because the internet is pretty much there so i really tell direct like upcoming directors today you have no excuse you have no excuse today to kind of like like say i don't i don't know what to do or this or that because there are entire scripts available there are entire you know directors talking about their careers their work there are master classes there's everything out there so there's no way you can say that you know i don't have the money to go to film school or some whatever it is because that's not even needed uh you know so it's it's all out there yeah internet has democratized uh, a lot of things um, a lot of thing including film critics because i'm i'm very glad that that the, that revolution has brought forth a lot of different kinds of film critics because now everybody can go to the film critic that they like or or follow the style of the film critic that they like rather than having only four or five institutionalized critics sitting on top and saying this is what it is because now i can go and follow anybody uh because maybe i'm not a guy who's that much into cinema maybe i just want a vague idea of how the movie is then i know that there are people out there for that you know but so but for me the big the biggest the loveliest surprise has been that there's been such a community of of film lovers and very passionate film lovers out there that still you know keep coming to my blog and 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 commenting uh, uh which has been always a kind of a like one of the things that that I think I will leave behind is this is this like or legacy or whatever it is is this is bringing together a, an adda a, a place of like like talk or films like pe- for people to talk about you know like 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 it's a place where people can can chat discuss film, films and you know kind of put it out there but I think yeah uh that's that's that, that that democratization extends to the fact that there are so many types of critics or or even people who say on twitter that oh i'm 10 minutes into the film and and it sucks or or whatever it is you know yeah yeah you can say that that's very unfair or whatever it is but that is what it is uh, that's the world we live in because that's the attention span we have and i'm glad that uh, uh the attention span that that the longer attention span people are still there and and i get i get reminded of that because of the people who's who read my reviews and then pick up specific sentences and say i agree with you about this or i disagree with you about this uh because that means that they've read it actually uh yeah. and that's that's very gratifying yeah that so, must give you a lot of satisfaction uh and you mentioned about uh, you know you going to libraries and reading about uh, you know legendary cinematographers and and uh, directors and so on uh, did that affect the way you watch movies because i've heard from a you know several directors that they hate watching their own movies because um, they know how they shot it and hence they uh, they find so many mistakes that that we can't um, so my question is did that impact because uh, you know earlier you used to watch movies as a proper fan uh, but now you are thinking about how that angle was shot how they would have lit up the the set and so on uh, did that take away uh- not at all i i just i just developed i just think this adds a parallel level of processing to the to the experience uh just like again this is an example i've given before like if you just without knowing music if you go and watch 
like listen to a concert you are going to probably enjoy the music at a oh it's nice it's soothing it's peaceful whatever it's 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 lovely it sounds very mellifluous or whatever it is but if you know the music you're going to get all those attributes that this other person is getting nice peaceful soothing nice uh, mellifluous whatever but you're also going to do a bit of parallel processing about how they're using the raga or how where they're taking the the raga or this or that which each one is not they're not disconnected it's it's not that you are yes there is a bit of x-ray vision but that doesn't take away the enjoyment that you get so you're i would say you're doing two things you're examining and enjoying uh, as opposed to just enjoying and i don't think that that enjoyment doesn't go away uh, you know like like or, or the, the, the 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 experience doesn't go away because you are still a human being you're not like a like a like it's not a report card right you're still like like when you watch a story you are adding your own experiences to that story which is why i think reviews are so personal uh, you're not you're not i'm not writing for for like whether you will like a movie or not i'm writing my experiences of a movie uh, and and i i know this sounds a little uh, i don't know what it sounds like but it doesn't matter to me whether you you like the movie or not because you're perfectly within your right to hate a movie uh, i'm who am i to tell you like uh, i like the movie and therefore that's the final word or whatever it is it's not it's just my for me this movie spoke to me very personally and i and i and i like it and uh, your you know for you maybe it didn't work at all maybe you haven't had those experiences or or maybe the movie wasn't what you wanted uh so i i have always written reviews for myself and uh, uh it chronicling my journey through the film and i have never intended for them to be uh, recommendations uh, and I, and i till today when somebody says i always you know i i read what you or watch what you uh, say and then decide whether to go to a movie or not i always like i'm very uncomfortable with that because it's like dude i'm not doing that i'm not providing that service at all you're taking something from me that i that i'm not even like 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 uh, willing to uh that's not part of my my game at all so if you're doing that then that's on you right it's like i'm i'm abdicating myself of all kinds of responsibility <laughs> so yeah movie is a subjective term like any other art form i guess uh, and uh, yeah i have noticed that you you remove the recommendation aspect uh, has it ever happened that any uh, publishing house or media company that you worked for wanted you to give x stars for a particular movie and you were like no i i, I can't do that uh see for me always the star giving system was very very problematic because i i never knew how to uh like i told you right see let's say you find 10 good things and 10 bad things in a movie right what are the stars you give yeah it's like two and a half means average but those 10 good things are phenomenal let's say how why do why should i reduce that to an average uh like like because those are really phenomenal things so maybe you can give stars like the scene where this happens phenomenal the scene where this happens not so great this but that's what i'm writing in my review so why should i replicate that in the form of a cumulative star rating when each individual point has a kind of a hidden star rating in itself weighted average when sort I'm, of a weighted average sort of i i don't know i've never found i'm and maths has never been my strong suit so it's like uh like i i never found out how to give stars and when when we decided to do away with it it was it was brilliant because i know find people giving 2.85 stars and i'm like 
how the fuck to give like 2.85 stars what is that i'm like like what is that 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 what is the system by which you get arrive at 0.85 i'm like i don't know but but there are people who do that and uh, uh, i i guess they follow a weighted average system maybe they just uh, uh, do that but i i don't know i i i i i don't know yeah or you know where else but you know this is kind of uh, uh, so i think i think uh, i think it's it's kind of uh, uh, i i i have never been comfortable about recommending movies to others but i have always been very secure about uh, my views i have never been like oh my god am i liking a movie that others dislike or or uh, am i disliking a movie that others like no that's never been a problem or issue for me because that but that's that's who i am i i, I can't force myself to to abandon my my definition of aesthetics my way of looking or what i look for in a movie the finish that i want in a movie uh, all that i can't abandon that because that's what makes me me and like i said if that's that's not what you're seeking then there are always other critics who offer different uh, ways of reviewing a film and now we can all find that 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 one or two or three critics that resonate with our views though personally i've always been interested in critics that whose whose underlying uh, core system is so different from mine because i always learn from somebody who says who's very different because otherwise it's just an echo chamber echo chamber you're just kind of like saying you know hey yeah right you know this that whatever it is but if somebody dislikes a movie and and writes beautifully about it as in why they disliked it so much then you're also aware of the fact that how a certain kind of person can process the same movie and why certain things that work for you did not work for them and that's always uh interesting because you know that's what's that's what good culture discussion is all about it's like it's not about saying i'm right or you're right or i'm wrong you're it's not that it's about talking about things you know like like that's what it is it's it's like If, if if i were to replace that one term i would call myself a film discusser or a film dis- analyst rather than a somebody who gives verdicts and you know bangs the gavel down on a movie or something like that because that is so not what what i want to do uh, like uh, in fact one of the things that i've grown bored of is writing those snarky reviews for bad films because i've done enough of those and like like really life's too short here like, to, to be watching bad movies just for the sake of writing uh, snarky reviews or whatever it is it's like i i i i get like if a movie is not working i'd rather not review it uh, like than to kind of like try to find uh, you know because after 20 years you also run out of in like new ways to write about the same old things uh, you know like like uh, so i'd rather uh, it's like a variation of that that hitchcock quote you know i, I want movies that are so bad that that i can write about them about the badness of them or that are so good that i can write about the goodness of them the ones that exist in the middle I'm, that they don't interest me at all uh that that you know not not as much as the others yeah reminds me of this uh, really bad movie that received this cult status like a gunde or gunda i think it is called uh, which is which is trolled all the time and people love watching it because of how bad it is and uh, yeah no that's a different thing because there you're taking a a movie that is you know like like generally considered bad and having fun uh like like it's a drinking game movie like 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 my producer recently my show producer recently said uh we both came back 
after a long stint at the Mumbai Film Festival, we were away for about 10 days watching RT films and all that kind of stuff. And he says he's now only watching movies like Chandramukhi 2 because he kind of like needs to, like he does not want to watch any more beautifully composed short frames or whatever it is. He's like, I, I just want to watch like utter and like, like really bad, bad movies. And uh, I I understand because there's a certain fun in that, you know, because uh, uh, the films that turn out to be like inadvertently, uh, they're so bad, they're good, right? That That's what they call them. And I think that's something that, that, uh, that, that, that's also useful, I guess. Yeah, I've heard the same like, thing from... One of my, my favorite, mm-hmm. like, 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 uh, I love creature features, right? So whenever I, I cannot resist giant shark, eating up people giant python giant alligator giant whatever that's my that's my go-to comfort movie it's like i love watching people being ripped apart to pieces uh by by you know like humongous mutant animals uh that's my like comfort food like give it bring it on you know like here's the popcorn so that's everybody has a zone i guess so you raise your eyebrows you were like oh my god this guy is darker than i thought he was so it's just like <laughs> no it just reminded me of this uh movie called uh uh, it's a it's a Mel Gibson movie, I think. Uh, direct, I, I I forget it. Uh, Apocalypto. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was it within the three within the first three minutes. I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. <laughs> like, no, but that's a good movie. I mean, as it like for it me, is a fantastic until, movie. Yeah. For me, for me, I loved it. I I loved it a lot. Again, I I. But that's not the movie I'm talking about. I'm talking about these cheesy piranha. You know, like like suddenly, like uh, somebody's swimming, and oh my god, they suddenly they they stripped to their bones by uh by by a flock of piranhas. Like that's my oh wow, I bring it. Like I wish more movies were made like that. You know, just kind of so. Yeah, I guess everyone has their own uh comfort food, like you said. Um, yeah, yeah, comfort food. That's my that's my go to thing. But I I don't know because I think I basically gravitate towards serious films. Uh, so this is my. The absolute antithesis of that so i think mm-hmm. that kind of becomes my my heard, fun part i've heard the same thing from uh, about actors as well like they uh especially you know lead female characters like like a manjuwadiya or a nayantara they are like i i do so many women-centric movies is that i i want to do a mass masala movie just to you know balance it out and they are just so right, bold right. because uh, yeah otherwise you're just you're just like always upholding you know emancipatory values or something like that which i'm not saying that's not important but yeah it becomes this burden on you like oh my god you're a woman filmmaker you should make sensitive films like how long can people do that you know it's like yeah yeah uh Bharatwaj, there is this criticism I, I wouldn't say criticism but there is this talk uh in at least kerala i don't know i'm not too sure about tamil Nadu uh, that uh movie reviewers are you know, uh, deciding the fate of a movie. Uh, and we are at a time where, you know, there are these uh, online media uh, that go into the theater and be like, hey, what do you... Like, there's like first show, first day, first show reviews, theater reviews and whatnot. And then people just give a verdict that, you know, it's it's a, it's a an amazing movie and it just, just didn't work and so on. And, um, do you think there should be a certain embargo like they have for tech reviews? You know, Apple releases an iPhone... Uh, the tech reviewers are not supposed to do it for like three days or whatever. Um, do you think that that is needed? Uh, what is your take on that? And, and it's a, it's become a big issue in Kerala, by the way, that, you know, people... I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, are you in tech, by the way? I am uh, in tech, yeah. Right. Uh, 
uh, I think there is some value to holding reviews back for the first day. uh for two reasons one is it gives the reviewer time to think and bring out uh like a a better review instead of having to bring it out on the same day uh i also think it it think it gives the films a chance because everything needs a chance uh but this is only in the case of the bigger movies because the smaller reviews are helped by reviews because if there's a film uh like pebbles kurangal which nobody's ever heard you don't know who vinod rajesh you don't know who there are no actors that are names or whatever it is it's just this thing that's dumped out there without any advanced thing like should i watch it should i not watch it what is it going to be like you don't know that's the case where small films you know you help reviews so i think it really helps to have an advanced buzz that oh my god this is an amazing film you know so then at least some crowd goes in on a friday so it's a very it's a, it's 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 not easy to put a blanket rule on this mm-hmm. i i feel because if you do this then the small films are, are going to be obliterated because it's reviewers that help these smaller films or these slightly like like a vijay film does not need a review right because you're going to have household shows the first day anyway you're like a rajnikanth movie does not have a uh, that you don't need that that the review system because it's going to have it anyway like 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 salman khan we're talking like the week that tiger 3 is going to be released and it's probably going to open to household reviews regardless of uh, household uh, shows whether or not good reviews are there but what about uh, 12th fail uh, that's a movie that got pushed entirely by reviews and word of mouth and 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 today it's it's, it's like it's doing it's a, it's a hit it's like compared to what its budget is and you want these lovely little gems to be promoted that's that's there's nothing that gives you more satisfaction than than doing uh like like discovering this little movie that could be you know uh and i think that you'd completely get obliterated if uh because the theaters will say okay i waited on friday nobody came to this movie and i waited on saturday and nobody came to this movie so i'm taking out the movie on sunday and i'm going to play basha again so that's it that that movie is gone so i think this is a yeah. two sided the uh, like a, like a thing and i and i and i another practical issue is maybe you can stop the reviewers from reviewing but how can you stop those on twitter from watching the film and and giving the word of mouth that's going to drive people how are you going to prevent that are you going to block us twitter to block any uh, thing because people will get out everything so i don't think it's it's even possible to to kind of uh, do this Yeah it's an interesting uh, discussion because some of the reviewers say that you know if you are asking us to wait for 7 days uh, the movie is not going to last in the theater for 7 days because movies exactly don't last two weekends boss it's like like see the first weekend and the second weekend that is the first 10 days is all that a movie collects it's about 80% to 90% of what a movie collects regardless of however big a hit it is the first 10 days the first basically the first 3 days friday saturday sunday the week days to an extent and mainly the second weekend that's really what the movie collects so technically speaking even if a movie lands up on ott uh on the in the third or fourth week it's still going to like collect only this much it's ott is not going to collect. the people who want to go to the theater and watch the movie will do it in the 10 10 days that's there the old old things about a movie being slowly discovered after the time and then slowly going on word like going on and on and on and all that it 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 rarely rarely happens and uh, and by the time other movies have come in see because the rate of production has increased see 
earlier when film rolls were expensive and when cameras were were heavy and available filmmaking used to be the domain of a few people who were able to afford these so mainly the big studios could afford to you know make three movies a year or something like that today anybody with a smartphone can go and make a movie technically or anybody the digital camera can go make a movie so the the enormous amount of of cinema related content by and by this i mean films ott shows whatever it is it's enormous so after two weeks nobody's interested in that movie anyway they've moved on to something else because that's the new flavor of the season earlier the flavor of the season maybe maybe used to come once in like six times a year now it's like six times a month like there are like every friday you get such a like a dump of uh like a movie is that that like a movie dump and and you like who was the time you know yeah. the one one constant thing i hear among all my friends and relatives is how the netflix netflix or amazon watch list keeps growing and growing and growing because they always find something they put it on their watch list but they never get around to it because there's always something new dropping and they watch that first and so the watch list keeps you know keep getting keeps getting longer and uh, that's true because there's so much to watch and and like not everybody has my job right they have jobs actual like like where they have to they cannot watch movies or whatever it is so uh, it takes time to catch up with all these things so so the average person sees maybe i don't know five six movies a year and uh, in a in a theater at home it's different and uh, that's that's why uh, i think you know we are seeing these overload of epics so that like like people will come to the theaters and watch these films because i'm promising them something immensely larger than life uh, rather than something that they can probably enjoy just as much uh, on a smaller screen even though technically speaking every movie is better on a big screen but then we don't always i don't have that luxury so i i i don't expect you to have that luxury because if i started watching everything on the big screen then that's it that my entire week would be filled with just watching forget uh, uh getting the time to review or do other things so yeah uh, i think i think there's just way too much content as you rightly pointed out and then um you know one of the things that i always wonder is again this is just my hypothesis is why are indian movies so um Uh, so famous or so watched is uh, probably because you know uh, you know we as indians don't have anything else to do like we probably don't have don't go out uh, in the nature as often we don't have a place to take our families uh, do, do you think that is the case why indian indian people love to go to the movies because it's the, it's the because you know look at the income and uh, we are a third world country and this is the cheapest form of entertainment this is we don't have national parks and even if we have national parks it's not like in the us where where the entry is relatively okay here if you want to go and spend a week at bandipur or something like that it's going to cost you quite a lot uh it's like all the forms of entertainment uh, that are not like like we don't have rock concerts we don't have independent musicians uh we don't have uh the everything is film related the 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 concerts that people go to are uh, ele raja or rahman or 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 whatever vidyasagar uh, you know shankar ehsan loy whatever it is they go to known commodities and the commodities that are known see cricket politics and uh, uh, films these are the three things that that 
dominate Indian conversation. You cannot help that. Music comes a, like a very distant second to even this because we don't really, music is whatever whatever is in a film that gets discussed, but we don't really have a music culture that's or a dance culture that's, that, that, that is as embraced um, as, as in the Western world. Uh, like, uh, you know, so I don't think, uh, or even theater, for instance, you know, it's like we don't have things like community theater or whatever it is. The few that do do it out of passion, uh, that uh, they do that out of passion, offer learning tricks that they can then go to films and then use, like learning theatrical ways of emoting that they can then go and use methods of acting or whatever it is. But very few people say, I want to spend my life in theater, doing theater, whereas in Broadway, that's very, very possible to kind of even be a character actor and have a very, very decent uh, income uh, uh, level and say like, yeah, yeah, only, maybe only New York stage goers like me, but I still get enough to kind of live a life uh, that I want. It may not be the poshest life of Leonardo, Di Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever it is, but uh, it's still like a, like a comfortable life. So... Uh, I, that's 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 definitely a reason because we we have only these ways of uh, thing which which is why when movies uh, combined with cricket uh, right now we are in the middle of the World Cup and uh, uh, we have the this one going on gone as well movie releases going on as well you always see dips on Sunday because people are never able to decide oh my God should I watch this match or should I watch this movie uh, because they're both the same but there's nothing else we don't have anything else to kind of uh, you know like one of the things that that was very fantastic for me in the US was there were all these national parks and uh, you know all these things that you go out to and just sit down and stare at the stars I mean like that's such a calming thing right you don't have it we are we, uh, we seek calm in chaos I think rather than calm in nature and I don't think that and I'm not saying this is good versus bad or whatever it is but I think it's it's a systemic thing and and uh that that's why you know you're kind of uh, this one so yeah yeah watching the stars with the with the kind of air quality in delhi uh, does not seem like a possibility now um you rightly pointed up uh, pointed out about uh, theater you know people running theater out of passion and i think one of the uh, best examples is nasiruddin shah and ratna patak running motley right in in mumbai um and I, I really want to talk about, you know, quantity versus quality. Uh, like like we spoke about how this this enormous overflow of content. Um, and and I read that, you know, people like, uh, 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 you know, Quentin Tarantino, um, they take a lot of time for during the pre-production phase where they lock in um, the music director, the editor, like one year or two years in advance. Um, and Indian... Indian directors don't do so. They sort of work backwards from the from the date of availability of the heroes and so on. Um, do you think we are we should do more of the former just to have more quality content and not as many content as as we have now? Uh, see, but then Tarantino has the luxury of clicking his fingers and people are lined up at his doorstep, right? Mm. Uh, here it is so hero centric that uh, that you know the that's the kind of thing that that uh, that drives the industry. Uh, but I don't think all directors are like that. See, the thing is, there are directors that go after stars and there are directors that don't go after stars. Like, for instance, you will never find... Um, I just did an interview with Karthik Subaraj and uh, he said, I can only 
I have to finish my script and then kind of you know look for whatever is happening. But but the thing is, if your script is not solid, and if you start work while your your kind of a thing, two things can happen. One is you can have great luck and still do because in the old days that is how they were making movies. They were writing movies on the sets, uh, and still we got a like a bunch of great movies, right? It's like it's not like that's that process is is impossible to create good movies in. uh but i think there are a lot more pressures now because the budgets are inflated the star salaries are inflated and everything and so recovery becomes important so uh whereas those days it was cheaper to make movies uh and i think you know i uh, um, i think it was it was you know like a, like like not not that difficult to kind of thing and i think also those days people were okay with Okay, I went and saw a decent movie. It was not bad, whatever. Whereas today, because of the options around us, if you bother to get into a cab and bother to drag yourself all the way to the theater and bother to wait in line or whatever, bother to spend money on all the popcorn and everything else, and you're like, okay, you better entertain me, okay? Because like I've spent, I could have been watching three hours or something else, uh, for something. That pressure was not there on the earlier films. whereas that pressure is there on today's filmmakers so i think that way uh, and also there are so many other small things like like the decline of attention spans uh so you kind of if you sit and make a movie that is uh like like a uh this one uh like like a, like a lot of lot of people told me that they found it very difficult to uh follow pony in selvan 1 and i said I don't know what is so hard. It's like at the beginning of the movie, a man gets a mission. He has to take it to this woman, and so he takes it from this, this to this person. And the second half of the movie, uh, he gets he gets that woman gives him another mission to find another person, and so he goes to Sri Lanka, and that's the second half of the movie. So it's it's a very clean line where at the very beginning of the movie, there's a war, and like Karthi is given this. they're saying okay go deliver this find out what is happening in this and because of what he finds out in that place uh in kadambur he he goes to uh, uh the princess and she tells him you go and do this and uh, find this thing so it's basically one sibling sending a message to a second sibling sending a message to a third sibling that's all that line is but but a lot of people said it's complicated so i cannot say that i'm not going to say you're stupid or you can't understand or nothing like that but it's the way they perceive things right because maybe maybe they want everything saying you know a long time ago they lived a king the and all the characters to be introduced in the first half uh, like right right at the beginning so that they know who to follow what to follow this that and all that kind of stuff whereas uh, you're not doing that here you're kind of going with the characters right into like you're beginning with a battle pretty much in the middle of things so so i think that that is the attention span has become a lot lot less than than what uh, it used to be but i think uh, uh, that's something that creators will have to battle they either have to say well i don't care i i'm just going to make movies the way i want to or well this is what the business is today and i have to uh 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 you know that's 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 the way that's the way the so unless i go to ott uh i'm going to have to follow where the audience stick me uh so i think that's that's something that every creator faces in their lifetime right it's like i don't think it's just the movies alone
Yeah, it's it's crazy how challenging it has become for the directors. I think uh, Martin Scorsese also uh, kind of complained yeah, about making, how he's making. Yeah, fantastic movie, uh, <coughs> Killers of the Flower Moon. But then he he also has this complaint that you know everything is taken up by Marvel and uh, DC and and all of that. And then where will the small drama movies go? And uh, yeah, having watched some of the classics, I sometimes crave for drama movies. Um, uh, and and it's it's quite far-fetched i mean quite far between these days uh one of the other things uh that that people usually complain about in movies these days is lag and it's it's a very loosely used term but um uh, i mean it reminds me of one of i think hitchcock's uh, quotes where he says that the built up towards the scene is more important right um so uh, you brought about an interesting point where you know the attention span is is less so is there a constant pressure for the director to have these really quick jump cuts uh, and, course, and, and pack course, the yeah. movie with mass scenes. Uh, how do you see that? Has that sort of taken away from your experience, uh, experience as a, uh, as a movie connoisseur? See, personally, it doesn't work for me, but I can also see that is working for a lot of people. So, you know, what can you say that yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's the thing because I can only respond to a movie because I, I like classical cinema. So for me, things like what Hitchcock said, that's very sacred because the build up to an emotion, whether it's an actual gunshot or whether it's an emotional explosion or whatever it is, the build up to that is always going to be more important than uh, the actual explosion itself. Whereas now you have the build up is taken off and you just get the explosion, 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 explosion. And uh, people want that. It's like, you know, one one very interesting theory that I came across is uh because when we scroll and we when we go through reels or shots our brain has become accustomed to seeing a lot of disconnected things one after another without saying that i'm going from politics to sports i'm going from sports to cinema i'm going from cinema to something else because we watch all these mixed up so the whole idea of a narrative arc or a character arc has now become redundant because a character can do Something in scene one, something else in scene two, something else in scene three, something else in scene four. And as long as something happens, people don't care because they're looking at this as a series of reels expanded on the big screen rather than a classical filmmaking thing. And I found the theory very interesting because it makes sense, right? It's like, see, when I'm watching, when I'm on my phone going through shots or reels, I'm not looking for character arcs or continuity or, oh, I'm in the mood for watching, uh, uh, you know, like sketch comedy. So like everything that comes on my uh, timeline should be, it doesn't happen that way. You, you, the next thing that pops up could be something else. The suggestions could be something else. Uh, it's even in music, right? It's like, yeah, I'm, I feel in the music uh, mood for listening to melodious songs today, but then you also get like, you know, uh, other kinds of songs like very beat heavy songs or whatever it is, but we consume them all because that's playing one after another. It's like somebody downloads all these things onto a pen drive or something like that and you stick it a Bluetooth device or something like that and you stick it into your car and that's what comes and then you just kind of you know, you, 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 so the if something happens that, that that's, you don't care for, you just click next and you, or you just switch off and do something else till the next thing that you like comes along. And I think movies are becoming like that to a large extent because people are just like, while, okay, oh, it's a boring scene. Okay, let me look up my smartphone. Oh, it's an interesting scene. Oh, let me look up. Uh, oh, it's a boring scene. Okay, let me look at my smartphone. So because there is something to do while 
the movie is being so quote unquote boring for them it's no longer a torture or something like that because they're not obliged to look at the movie the whole time so classicists who who still insist on things like character arcs or narrative arcs or things like that they are definitely in the minority and uh, whereas this is the generation that's going to go and say surprise me throw a surprise at me every single moment yeah sometimes so, uh, you know if if you are packing the movie with surprises sometimes it just doesn't last right i mean uh, i can hardly remember the dialogues of or conversations of movies released these days to be like become not also part life, of popular right? culture See, because a lot of our life is so boring or routine or whatever it is that's why the high points registers high points right when something nice happens or oh what a surprise you landed up at my house today you know that's why that's such a surprise or when you know like it's uh, rather than like a surprise happening every single day and you're like oh my god can i have a day when nobody is knocking at my door you know that's what's going to happen so because life is you know a set routine every morning you wake up in the morning you brush your teeth you do this you do that so suddenly one morning when you wake up and somebody is like give uh, like you yeah, you're like uh, it's raining or uh, it's it's like suddenly you find that it's an off day or uh, something like that it adds that spice to that particular day because it's 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 an unexpected event after so much of like routine in the midst of routine now if you do away with the routine and only have something spectacular happening every day i for one would go very tired because it's like just that constant exhaustion of keeping up with the surprises would be like like oh my god can i just have a normal day where nothing happens please like like you know uh, but then i i don't know uh, you know probably the kids think differently so yeah yeah i mean i can i can speak from personal experience so there was this one day where i watched miracle invictus uh, remember the titans you know a lot of inspirational movies back to back and i was like enough you know and and it also <laughs> it also uh, makes me think about linkedin these days there are like motivation quotes of after motivational posts after motivational posts and i'm like oh my god that's that's way too much and and also to go with the uh, feel good movies right there are just way too many feel good movies uh, sometimes that yeah you need a mix of everything right it's like like so the the i'm not saying i want boring moments in in uh, in movies but the but it's the relatively uneventful move uh, moments that give the the punch moments more of a punch because they are being built up to and now you're saying i don't want to build up i just want the punch so after three punches you're like oh my god okay another thing is happening another thing is happening another thing is happening and it's like you're just looking for ways to shock the viewer into like wow uh and i and i yeah what is fascinating is that you know these kind of mass scenes have increased but the length of the movies has not decreased i mean it's still 2 hours 2 and a half hours you would think yeah, that yeah. the movies would come down to like 1 1 and a half hours or yeah, yeah because if, if all people want to see is like like explosion after explosion you know why are the movies still so long you don't know yeah <laughs> fascinating um bharadwaj you also interview a lot of people and one of your uh, most famous books is uh, your conversations with mani ratnam uh, i can clearly get a hint that you are a fan of his work um, so <laughs> clearly he's one of my favorite directors yeah absolutely yeah. so um when you are reviewing a mani ratnam movie versus movies directed by by the others how do you overcome 
a sense of bias uh, that you have. I don't even I don't even do anything consciously. Hmm. Uh, I let the movie work on me because see, I'm not. Yes, I know him personally to an extent, but I also have this policy where if I watch a movie by a friend and could even the Gautam or somebody like that, uh, and if the movie doesn't work for me, uh, I tell them. I send them a message and say, I'm really sorry this movie doesn't work for me. So that it frees up my mind about how to phrase it in such a way that they're not hurt or this or that or whatever it is. Because you have to say what you want to say because that's that's what you're being paid for. Uh, unfortunately, they're all very, you know, like, like okay, but like Kumar Raja is one of the coolest persons about you hating his movie because like he hates everything. Uh so you don't really like like uh, so if I go tell him that I super deluxe suck balls, it's like he's like he's not gonna like like okay, let me rephrase that in case you want to cut If I go and tell him that that super deluxe was like really bad, uh he, he's not gonna really uh you know mind it because he's he's okay with the fact that different people are going to uh like or dislike certain things. But is the discussion interesting? Is the movie giving me something to think about? So I really don't believe in this concept of uh there is an unconscious bias which we have no control of, right? The very fact that you have chosen to interview me over many other critics is an indication of an unconscious bias because something in you is drawn to something about my work, right? That could be the way I talk about films or whatever because that reflects the way you think about films or something like that has happened, right? It's 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 like... Uh, Similarly, why am I drawn to uh, Tarantino's staging or why am I drawn to Mani Ratnam's movies or why am I drawn to Scorsese's films or why am I drawn to Spielberg's films? Because like Spielberg, there's a certain elegance of filmmaking. That aesthetic is what draws me in. I'm not, I'm not a fan of West Side Story as a movie, but the filmmaking of it has made me watch that movie about three, four times. So am I saying it's a, it's for, for me, Firstly, is it a good movie because Spielberg has directed it? No, because I found it rather redundant. But there is so much of it that ties into my own sense of aesthetics that that that's what binds me to these films rather than it being made by that one film because that, that person is somebody I don't even know Spielberg. But the work, the way he stages the stuff is so fascinating to me that that I, that that's what, that's what, makes me a fan so i'm not a fan because i like the person i like i'm a fan because i like the work like like i told you recently about just just now about pony and selvan it's had maniratnam done like okay like uh this first scene has prakash raj uh on the on the thing because we're told about this king called sundarachara but we're not shown prakash raj so somebody has to remember that name and then connected to the scene where this man is ailing and lying down and and then which happens if I'm not mistaken about maybe 45 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. now Maniratnam I like Maniratnam because of that because he's saying watch this movie on my terms I don't care if you don't like it you don't watch it you don't you don't like it but I'm only going to make this the easier way to do this would be to there once was an emperor called Sundra Chodar and Yusha Prakash Raj he had three children and you show Vikram, you show uh, Jayam Ravi, you, know, you show Trisha and uh, you know and he says 
you go to Sri Lanka and then you, you know, go fight this war. And then Trisha says, why don't you go to Kanambur? And then the scene is set. Audiences immediately get hooked onto the plot. But that's not what he's doing. Chaim Ravi doesn't even appear until the second half of the movie. So there's a, a certain element of narrative risk-taking that draws me in because I want things to be a little different. Now, this may backfire severely with those who want things to be comforting and the same. There are a lot of times the kind of movie that I like don't resonate in the parents because they like to be spoon-fed. They watch movies not to be surprised, but to get a sense of comfort. So again, it depends on the kind of person that you are. That's what the aesthetic that is that I'm, that I'm coming about, right? So there are a lot of people who, who's going to, who are going to look at Jamie in the second half and go, who the fuck is this guy now? Suddenly, like, like I've just encountered all these characters. Now suddenly, somebody's like on the seas, what? What's happening? But there'll be others who, who kind of take the thing from that, from that and, and see, see, I feel that the same thing, you know, like when, when Zodiac came out and I'm a mad fan of that movie. Uh, I've seen it many, many times. A lot of people just said it was too slow. But that's what police procedurals are. They're not fast. It takes a long time to to decipher clues, find this, find that, put things together, put uh, events together and all that. It takes a long time. And the movie, in a way, decompresses time in order to accommodate the feel of being an actual procedural, which is what is so fantastic about it. But if you're going to get impatient and say, oh my God, I came to watch a serial killer movie and and like the serial killings are not happening that fast enough, then that's your prerogative. You go watch what uh, somebody else is making that suits your, what you are seeking in a movie, right? But I think where I get a little annoyed maybe is when people say that one should not make movies a certain way or that they're wrong and no i think everybody should make every kind of movie uh you want to feed the audience uh, immediate information that's a valid form of filmmaking if you want to uh tell it in a very peculiar particular way that's a valid form of filmmaking there is no one form uh but you know you just find go and like like one of the examples like there is this person who kind of hates Pansali movies and makes it a point to go to every movie of Pansali and say, oh my God, what a terrible movie. I'm like, dude, by the time you see the second Pansali movie, you know this is this aesthetic is not working for you. So stop watching his films. Instead of going and watching like that three hours of your life, why would you give it to a movie that, to a filmmaker that who's, none of whose films have worked for you? So I come to an important point, which is FOMO. The important thing is not like, the logical thing would be to like, Pansali doesn't work for me. I'm not going to watch his film. So let's leave it at that and watch something that actually works for me. But because everybody's watching Pansali films, I want to go in and watch it and not feel left out because I want to see what's there. But then the aesthetic of Pansali does not work for me. So I'm going to yet again be disappointed and come out of it like, like saying, I don't know what critics are talking about. This is such a shit movie. I don't know if this guy can ever make a nice movie. But then that's not the movie's problem. That's your problem because you're not able to relate it. So there is a very, if you're not able to relate to an aesthetic at a fundamental level, the movie is never going to work for you. Right? Within, see, this is a very complicated and big discussion. So I'm not even going to like explain more. But yeah, I think I explained enough to, to yeah. kind of give you an idea. Yeah.
yeah bansali has not worked for me either uh, i don't know why yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah it's but just it's perfectly fine is what i'm trying to tell you it's like see i love his work but you you doesn't work for you but we can have a if you want and if you're a film lover you can have a conversation about what doesn't not work for you but if you say no he's a bad filmmaker I won't agree because there is no such thing as a good or bad filmmaker. It's only a filmmaker who works for you or does not work for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I I think that whole concept of bias is it's like because your aesthetic and your what you want out of a movie and the way you've been shaped is rebelling against the aesthetics of of a Bansali movie. So that's your internal bias that is kind of. But if you go to a Bansali movie saying, "I'm going to tear this movie down," or if you go to a Bansali movie and say, I don't care what it is. I it's Bansali, so it's a masterpiece. Then there is a bias, yeah. and that bias is, the, is 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 not something that you can actually justify in a review. Yeah, yeah, uh, because yeah, it's not a healthy you, bias. You, yeah, yeah, and you can't and you'll tie yourself and not up and not trying to uh, speak nice things about a movie that is not working or or or, or like I've told so many times is Chakkachevanavana uh, a bad movie. No, it's okay. Whatever it is, but is it a movie that I expect from Maniratnam? No, it's not. So there are also those expectations that 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 play a part in it. See, because art is a very complicated thing, right? It's like like one one a friend of mine can come and say, "Why do you want Maniratnam to always make quote unquote classics or whatever? Why can't he just have fun with four stars and make a chill movie with where with nothing really happening?" Perfectly valid explanation, right? somehow that 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 i'm not able to connect to that film so it's it's as like trying to justify why somebody likes does not like a film uh, there'll be like like lots of fun reviews like like when i did not like jailer very much i got lot of like oh he's a kamal fan therefore he'll never like a rajini movie it's useless trying to uh, generalize things like this you know because it's like your basis comes from i think time if you have been working at a field for 20 years you prove what works for you you know people know that i'm a person who looks for narrative arcs character arcs surprises uh, bold filmmaking choices uh, something that tells things in a different way these are all things that you've seen in me looking for reviews so if something just does a cliched thing in a cliched way it's not going to work for me so i'm saying but there are other people for whom these are working right so i'm not going to say they know nothing about cinema you know i'm the one that knows everything no it's like but this is the way i processed it that's all mm. yeah i think i think you summed it up pretty beautifully i think you know for me stanley kubrick never worked but scorsese and spielberg worked so yeah it's it's very yeah. subjective i guess um yeah uh, talking about it is you... subjective with objectivity there is the the reaction the gut reaction is subjective but the way you justify that gut reaction by explaining it there has to be a reasoning for it a logic for it right so there the objectivity comes in that's why i don't like the term objective critic hmm. i would i i'm a subjectively objective critic as in my reaction to any film is subjective because that's the gut feel but how i describe or justify that reaction there is there are proper science level uh, uh, <laughs> proof theories this that and all that happening in my reviews hopefully because that's where i get into my my where i justify that stuff with with things that are objective like you cannot dispute the fact that this happens in the movie which is why that's like that i that 
this is why i'm getting that subjective uh gut feel because of this objective thing that's happening in the movie so yeah yeah uh yeah coming back to uh you interviewing people um i think one of the things that i've noted in uh interviews especially in india especially i would say let's say cricket interviews right uh you get someone uh who's a foreign cricketer let's say like a david warner uh they are usually asked what do you think about virat kohli what do you think about rohit sharma uh and i've also noticed in movie centric interviews uh the the level of questions that a main actor or a main hero uh, like a vijay or a mammootty is asked is entirely different from uh the lady uh, leads uh they are usually asked things like you know how was it working with ajit sir how was it working with sharuk and so on um but i have noticed in your interview that you know you respect the guest uh, 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 a lot and then you don't have this uh, certain level of uh, questions for certain kinds of people and certain levels of actors uh, be it a list or not someone who's not in the a list uh, do you do it very consciously or uh, is that something uh, you think that needs to be done and that needs to happen more often uh see i don't know see because interviews are very very strange things you know they are like uh, i i always think of them as a mental tennis match right all you can do is serve the first ball and then everything depends on the return serve if they are in a talkative mood they're going to expand on your points and things like that you're in luck you can have wonderful serve and volley you know things happening uh if they're just going to hit it straight into the net because in a bad mood or in bad form that's your your screwed because then you've got to go on to your next question and wonder now should i serve to this person or should i serve to the other end of the court or I mean do i take a radically divergent approach to this to this interview or whatever it is and uh, so much of it is being in the moment that i don't know frankly how these interviews like later when somebody says something work for them or when they say that uh, no this interview was not very satisfying or because for example recently there was a vidhu vinod chopra interview that i did yeah. that i knew while it was happening that fuck this is clicking man this this movie this, we are really two people that the servant wali is happening beautifully this this thing is really clicking this interview and i'm really like into it and by that end i knew i had a good interview you may you may or may not have thought it's a decent interview but i was very very happy with the interview but there are many interviews where by the end i'm like I don't know did it go well did it not go well like 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 I don't know because we are so in the moment that 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 you're not able to pull yourself back and gauge whether the interview went well or not or whether they answered questions well or not uh but then then two months later when I see the interview I say okay that's actually that's not bad that went pretty decently or shit man I should have I should have uh pressed on this a little more uh i don't know what i was thinking the other day by going off and asking a brand new question when this was clearly waiting to be explored uh so yeah those are yeah uh i think but i i i have done my fair share of asking female stars to to tell things about male stars mm-hmm. that they worked with and i'll tell you why also because sometimes it's very difficult to come up with questions for female stars because they are treated 
so badly hit by the industry and hardly given any roles to do or anything worthwhile compared to the male stars that you don't know what to ask them and and because they don't have a big body of work and uh, most of them are 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 forgive the thing but but the flavor of the season they act with all the big heroes and then they vanish and then the next person comes in and they act with all the heroes and they vanish so they're not treated well they're not they're not given roles that act well uh, that to act well uh so it's very difficult so one way to get out of this is by saying but to treat it a little respectfully it's like what have you learned from by observing so and so on the sets or like like what what tricks have you picked up from this actor or actress but that always happens that somebody actually complained about this in one of my interviews saying why do you always ask the actresses about uh the actors that they worked with why don't you ever ask, ask the actors about the actresses that they worked with but how can you ask when the actresses are given so little to do you know this year for my like uh, for my round tables we're looking for actresses that that have actually achieved something this year good lord it's a barren landscape yeah i remember like, an awkward moment from one of your interviews where uh, you were with pooja hegde and then you kind of were like for half a second you were lost of words of uh, yeah yeah it's like something what do you it's 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 because like in the us you know you can think you can count on on like 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 one hand the number of actresses that that actually have made a mark you know like like in, in things otherwise they're mainly playing second fiddle to the hero doing really nothing and uh, it's tough to to uh, to to really get a sensible set of questions to them and uh, which is probably why the people who do these like very jolly and fun interviews they have a better time with actresses because at least they're kind of taking that route whereas when i'm trying to when my interest is more along things like process or like like i don't find much to act ask them at all yeah yeah and pretty bold of you to accept that uh, i have had my fair share of uh, questions where i ask actors no but it's all out there right yeah, so yeah, true. There, yeah. there's nothing that i everything that every piece of work that i put out every review that i do every interview that i do it's out there in the open there's nothing that's that's hidden right like like there i always tell my guys even if somebody is like like saying something bad to me or if i'm hesitating over a question leave that hesitation there because that's part of the conversation it that's what adds life to that conversation yeah. because otherwise it'll be this unnaturally flowing thing because sometimes i'm searching for words or i'm doing uh uh uh, uh yeah, you know something like that and that's part of the the interview that's part of the interaction because at that point i want people to know that i'm searching for a word or a reaction or something like that because that's the reaction that's the the impact that this person so that's what happens in real life conversations as well so i want i tell them that like to an extent have this unless it's terribly distracting and uh like like taking away from an interview but but have those those disruptions because that's that's what adds that reality to an interview but because i i know like editors will clean up in the process of cleaning up they will just completely run through the whole thing and give like this perfect where i'm i'm spouting the the most vivid and perfect sentences and the uh, the replies are so perfect and this and that and i'm like but this is like so antiseptic it's like somebody mugged up all the questions and gave the person ahead of time and they mugged up all the answers and they're giving all the uh, answers and it it's, it's terrible uh you know like that thing so 
Yeah, a similar feedback that I got for my podcast is when uh, people are like, oh, this is too jarring in an audio episode. But then when they are watching the video, they are fine because, you know, they are watching the person and that kind of uh, distracts them. Um, but was coming back to your uh, in- interview with people, uh, I remember this, uh, uh, I think someone asked Karan Thapar, who was the toughest person to interview? And he said, uh, A.R. Rahman. Uh, <laughs> what would your answer be? Uh, who was the toughest person that you interviewed? Uh, well, in terms of print interviews, it was Maniratnam circa 2012. He's opened up a lot now. Yeah. But when the book came out and we did it in 2010 or 11 or whatever it is, it's uh, uh, I didn't know him at all. Hmm. Uh, I met him a bunch of times, I think. And uh, uh, he wanted to talk, but he's just so not uh, uh, an open talker that... that uh, like he, like what I'm saying is, if you're in a generic situation with him, he's wonderful and he's very funny and this and that. But when the mics, when the lens is on him, or when a camera is trained on him, or when when you're asking him questions for for a book, it takes a lot of things. So that was a, uh, I won't say tough, but that was it was it was a process that got easier as it went along. Uh, 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 otherwise, who was tough to interview? Uh, after you came to, let's say, Galata Plus or Film Companion? Well, there have been, a, I can't name names, but there have mm. been a couple of people who I know do not like me, but were forced to give interviews to me because of various reasons, uh, publicity or whatever it is. And I could sense the hostility and I had to keep things a little, like, to, to kind of uh, do my own way of saying boss let's bite the bullet this is a professional gig let's just do it and like get it done with and then i don't have to see you and you don't have to see me uh but i don't think many people will know which ones i'm talking about <laughs> yeah that that speaks volumes of your professionalism i guess uh, has it happened that you know um, right after the interview they're like hey you gave me bad reviews for this movie why did you do that or are people usually chill no 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 see the thing is See, we all feel personal about our work, right? So, supposing I tell you you're doing a like a bad podcast, it's gonna it's gonna hit you because. But for me, uh, I'm more interested in knowing why you think it's bad rather than because the bad itself doesn't mean anything. Because you're going to say my interview is good, somebody else is going to say it's bad, a third person is going to say it was meh, it was like nothing, it was just okay, whatever it is. That is, I'm not interested. But what? Really, I want from you is why is this? What is why is it bad, or why is it good? Yeah, that reminds me of an interview that you gave uh, recently, where you said Leo didn't work for you, but you said that next time you meet Lokesh, you want to sort of get into his head and want to understand this exact process as to why. Yeah, certain things. Because because my one person's liking Leo is not of any interest to Lokesh or anybody, but. I want to know what happened. What is this? What is this thing? Because I've liked this films largely so far. So what happened here? It's like, uh, is it my expectation? Uh, is it uh, something that 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 he did? Uh, uh, if I see Leo again, uh, will I will I like it uh, better than the first time? Is it also the 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 humongous expectations that I have out of a Lokesh film? There are so many things that play into this, right? So. So I think that that way I, I'm not a uh, like people don't really take it very seriously. But I've had conversations with a couple of people who say things like, 
yeah, you'll never understand this because you come from such a privileged background and this and that and all that. But see, I can't beat myself up about it. I can try to uh, uh, understand their point of view. Uh, but if i think a movie is not working it's not working and no amount of social messaging or whatever in it is going to make it work for me because uh you know some people will say things like i have to include this message because uh that's what people like they like to take home something at, but that's not me so your movie is working for all those people who like to take home a message but it's not working for me because i'm not one of those people who goes to a movie for a message so that's fine that's 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 how it is but i like directors who have that discussion with me uh saying why did it work or why did it not work or what happened like like kind of a thing because at the because like i said it's it's just one person's opinion since it's, it's hopefully an informed and educated opinion but it's still an opinion and um, if after the cooling down period if they want to say okay okay what what really did not work for you what what I mean, but, I mean you've been this thing so i it would be a great discussion to have Mm-hmm. uh yeah so um you know i i think i think i think see i think i think people are too focused on like to like like to get back to where we started let's finish mm-hmm. it on that note which is basically like it's about the journey right not the destination it's like whether i liked the movie or not at the end is 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 only important to me because i am the one who's probably going to watch it again or not or whatever it is but the things that i found interesting along the way or not interesting along the way i think that's really what what tells you how i process something and i think that's what's interesting uh, at a basic level and uh, uh, luckily i still have like a niche bunch of readers slash watchers who who like this approach and who watch my reviews because of that uh, but every time somebody tells me you're famous or a celebrity or something i also tell them actually maybe in rel- relative to your life because you're in an IT firm and nobody knows about you but in an open field like this i'm nowhere compared to some of the 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 celebrity reviewers who gets millions of uh, uh views per per uh, i'm not there at all so uh, but i this is not modesty or i don't believe in modesty i know that i have a core bunch of people that 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 like what i do and that uh, engage with what i do and uh, that that that's that's a good thing right it's like you don't have to be the biggest star in the world but as long as you have your place people come to you for something you're doing a job and you know that the job has certain people that that are drawn to it that's that's a good good place to be in yeah. and to be in that place after 20 years i'm really grateful and happy uh as something that i'll say Yeah yeah I think uh, you know I, I don't know who but uh, someone said you know you just need 1000 genuine followers and your life is kind of set um yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah before we end this podcast uh, I would like to just quickly ask this question uh, national award right uh, you received the national award for the best film critic in 2005 uh, I was going through the list of other people who have received uh, national award before and after you and I was looking up their names they're kind of nowhere to be seen uh, they are probably working for a magazine or some other things uh, you have managed to stay relevant uh, what do you have to say about that how did you manage to stay relevant uh, was that needed the need of the hour that that you would you know sort of moved from print to blogging to um, 
let's say now video interviews uh yeah all of that because it's 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 like when i when i went from uh uh like from print to digital uh you know and then expanded myself from reviews to interviews and all that kind of stuff i think i found out that the following just kept growing and uh, i i also think that I, you know i never really deviated from my core aesthetics like i'm not jumping in today and saying wow look there's a surprise every moment this movie is is generating is uh, resonating with today's kids so it's a great movie i'm still going to be that old fart grumpy old fart in the audience who says where is the narrative arc where is the character arc you know i'm just going to be that guy and i think i think the fact that i I've, i've stayed true to my beliefs hmm. my sense of aesthetics uh what i want or what i expect from in 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 uh in films i think that that has has kept me going because people know that that i'm coming from a place of uh my truth i don't want to say truth but my truth uh and so i think that 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 makes people want to say okay so i hate this guy but let's see what he has to say about this film <laughs> you know my my editor like i like i began this with my editor she always said you know people like you that's a good thing if people hate you that's an even better thing because if the people that hate you still find it unable to keep talking about you or keep mentioning you then you're in a really good place it's when they ignore you that you're you are in a problem and i think touchwood so far i've been in a like or hate place the ignorant face has not yet begun so i hope it stays away for a long time yeah so. absolutely uh, and i mean like we when we began the podcast you were like i uh, have done a bunch of these and i don't know what new i have to say but i think uh, you said quite a lot of things and it was quite insightful so thank you so much bharatwaj for your time uh, uh, long form content long conversation but uh, it was amazing talking to you no i enjoyed it thank you so much for having me and and i even though i say uh, i've done a lot of these you know this clearly you know as i'm not bored at at this point we've spent about an hour and a half chatting and uh, i'm not bored so thank you for engaging me and and for making me talk and uh, you know sometimes it's nice being on the other side of an it because now i'm i'm looking at this from the point of view of uh, my guests or my uh, interviewees um, so thanks and uh, all the best yeah. and uh, look forward to this episode when it comes out Absolutely yeah it's going to come out very very soon so thank you so much thank you bye